I'm shook by the fact that she exists because unless that original poem in Mesopotamia was written by a woman, why would a man even think to come up with that initial story of, ooh, what if, you know, this original creator or the beginning of life started with equality and we just have to snuff that out right from the start? Welcome to Rebels Agenda. We are excited that you're here. My name is Lindsay. My name is Katrina. And we are pumped to start a podcast. When it came time to deciding what we wanted to chat about, we were thinking of our commonalities. And Katrina and I both actually thought of a book that I had gifted Katrina a few years ago for Christmas. And it is called Bad Girls Throughout History by Anne Shen. Talks about 100 remarkable women who have changed the world. And when Katrina and I were kind of thinking about commonalities, this term like bad girls came to mind. I think that's because we have almost been in trouble together a few times, which is probably why it resonated. And, you know, we've known each other for three years, which in the scheme of things is, is pretty short, but a couple of those were during COVID and living through that, you know, it seems like 10. And so we started as kind of co-workers turned work wives turned besties. From all of that, this larger idea of Rebels Agenda, this podcast was born and we are excited to use it to spotlight bad girls throughout history and really bring their stories into the present. So during this first season, we're gonna honor this initial inspiration, this book, and we're really excited to just reconnect and explore how these these women have shaped humanity and shaped our history. So we're going to spotlight eight women for this first season, and then we'll see where it takes us. Thank you again for listening to Rebels Agenda. We really hope that the show and that we can be kind of warm companions to your uh, routine, to your morning commute, to your evening wind down with a glass of wine. Our ultimate goal here, to encourage each other, to be true to ourselves, dark wolf and all, and we'll get into more of that. So the first woman that we're going to start with for this episode is named Lilith. And Katrina, do you want to introduce her for us? I'd love to. So Lilith was first mentioned in a Sumerian epic poem, and Sumer was an ancient Mesopotamian civilization. This was like South Central Iraq. So this is over 4,000 years ago. There's this ancient poem where Lilith is mentioned. Lilith is a deleted scene uh, from the modern day Christian Bible. So when I say deleted scene, uh, Lilith was Adam's first wife. The original story from the Old Testament, this is the Old Jewish Testament in Genesis 1:27, which is the Bible verse where Adam and Eve were first created and then God created humanity itself. So in the OG version, Lilith is Adam's first wife. They were both created of the earth. And basically the second they became, they started arguing. And the argument was that Adam wanted to lie above Lilith, and Lilith said, well, we were both made from the earth, so I'm going to lie next to you. And he said, mm, no, you're going to lie below me. And she was like, I'm not doing that. So the ancient text says that she spoke the ineffable name of God, which is like a powerful name of God that is not meant to be spoken or even known. And then she basically just flew away. From there, Adam's like, God, my wife, just she left because she wouldn't lie beneath me. And God sends three angels after her. They punish her. Uh, 100 of her 
demon children or her demonic children would die every day. That was her punishment unless she came back. And she said, no, nah, I'm not coming back. I, I really think we should be able to lie next to each other. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. And she was punished henceforth. And then from there, it kind of spiraled into these different myths and legends throughout history. If you've heard of Lilith throughout mythology or um, any biblical reference, which of which there are a few to none, she is portrayed as a witch or a demon who kills childbearing women, injures newborn babies, or even excites men in their sleep or gets them to have like a wet dream, steals their sperm, and then creates her own demon children to replace the children she lost. So short version, Adam's first wife, she wants to lie next to him, not happening. She Fs off. She's punished. And then it spirals into she's an evil demon witch who's now a deleted scene, not even mentioned in Genesis 127 of the modern day Bible. Whew. What a badass. So Lindsay, why do you think Lilith is considered bad? Why is she how did she turn into a demon? It, it's hard to say that somebody who preys on child rearing women is not bad, I will say. Fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, it seems like the fallout of and the legend of Lilith's actions were bad, but the initial decision to want to be equal with Adam wasn't necessarily. But then to be kicked out of Eden this like paradise and shunned to hell with Satan himself. That sounds bad. What do you think? <laughs> here's the thing. I don't think she's bad. And here's why the myths and legends about her actions after that initial stand. I think of those as myths and legends that were spun to warn and, and justify the, the patriarchy, I guess, to warn women from taking the stand she did and continue to justify, you know, the structure that we live in. So the way I kind of see it and my agnosticism is going to come through a little bit here is she had that initial action um, first found in the poem, whether or not it actually happened or not, then showing up in the old Testament. Then when the people who, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I don't want to offend here, but then when, you know, the Bible was written, they saw that story whoever they is, and said, hmm, I don't think I want to put that in there. And also, let's just make sure this continues to spiral out of control so that no one ever does what she does again. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, you had mentioned, you'd sent over what Lilith actually means, the word in Hebrew, literally translating to nocturnal or female night being slash demon. I think that's really interesting. And then when we think about that word in the Hebrew being left out of the Bible and my Christianity is going to come through here. I'll read the four lines of Isaiah where Lilith is mentioned. So it says, wildcats shall meet hyenas, goat demons shall greet each other. There too, the Lilith shall repose and find herself a resting place. So I think it's interesting that Lilith wasn't a hundred percent obliterated from the Bible. Like it is, that word is mentioned once, female night being, and mentioned alongside wildcats and hyenas, which wildcats was my college <laughs> mascot and it was a Christian school. So I don't know, say what you will. <laughs> I feel you, uh, you're pushing us back in the, in the animal direction. And uh, Lindsay mentioned <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast, dark wolf. And dark wolf is this kind of funny theme that's come through in our friendship. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the meme where it's like there are two wolves inside of you and it's like 
a white wolf and a dark wolf, like nose to nose. And we joke around that kind of our bad decisions or our darker decisions are like your dark wolf is coming out or your dark wolf is showing. So Lilith, Lilith definitely gives dark wolf energy. Something that I thought was really interesting is Lilith was created the same way Adam was from the earth. Whereas the Bible goes out of its way to explain that Eve was created from Adam's ribs. So that woman came from man where the initial story is they were created equally. And that was the whole basis of her argument. Imagine if Adam would have been kicked out and Lilith ruled. (laughs) And I think it's important to recognize that every being is capable of both the light and the dark. And so while Lilith gets a really bad rep and Adam gets a really great rep, um, (laughs) You know, I, I think it's so important that it's Adam could do bad things and Lilith can do good things. It's not like a black and white hard line. And that's something that I've learned to appreciate. I think even through our friendship is there is that duality. And I am an Enneagram one, which is a reformer. And so I tend to be really rigid with myself about being good. But it's been really healing for me to recognize that I'm just I'm a human. I'm a being, even if you call Lilith unhuman. You know, she's a, an entity of some sort. And I think probably every entity is has that duality. So, um, yeah. Speaking yeah. of duality, uh, one of our favorite articles that we came across in researching Lilith is called The Lilith Question. And this was written in 1976 by Aviva Cantor Zakov. And we'll link it for you um, beneath the podcast. It is the most fascinating article and really analytical article that we were able to find about Lilith. And I love this quote from it on duality. It says, Lilith is a negative shadow role, the flip side of Eve. Eve is the enabler, Lilith the disabler. Eve, the mother of all life, Lilith the destroyer of life. In creating the shadow role, men are telling a woman that if she is independent, assertive, free, as Lilith was, she'll end up a frigid, (laughs) nymphomaniac, childless witch. So mean. <laughs> I just thought that was like, it's just amazing. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like, okay, Lilith's first action is just like independent, assertive, free. And then like her result mm. and her fate is like frigid nymphomaniac childless witch is my new favorite insult. I probably I hope I never have to in the back but I will. Right. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Oh my gosh. It took us about five minutes to get to the word patriarchy, and there it is. So if Lilith were alive today. What do we think she would do for a living? What would she do for a living? I don't know if this is like the easy answer and if I could like say this for everybody, but I feel like she can make a really good lawyer. So I feel like as somebody who can say no quickly and uh, emphatically and then stick with it for the rest of her life, even if it meant burning in hell and like being a childless witch, she can like stick to a conviction. So I think she might make a good lawyer. No doubt Lilith would be a great prosecutor, I could see. Uh, The thing that came to mind for me, which is probably even more on the nose, is that she would be a witch. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm picturing like a modern day Wiccan who women go to to like curse their exes to have like bad sex for the rest of the life or like make their dicks fall off. (laughs) Like the witch in this week's episode of Bachelor. Right. Except... (laughs) Except better. (laughs) (laughs) Just more intense. Okay. um, As we were like planning for this episode, I thought it was interesting. A thought that you brought up was interesting, which is like, why is Lilith's 
character even a thing? Like, why does she exist, whether that's real or, you know, metaphorically? And I'm curious to hear your train of thought on that. I'm shook by the fact that she exists because unless that original poem in Mesopotamia was written by a woman, why would a man even think to come up with that initial story of, ooh, what if, you know, this original creator or the beginning of life started with equality and we just have to snuff that out right from the start? It seems like really savage. Like they, mm. like it was foreseen that that was going to be something that was attempted and they wanted to squash it. But at the same time, why even put that thought in a woman's head? And then I was reading that, you know, as a result of that poem, then those stories are passed down over generations. And when I hear Lilith's story, I don't think about, oh crap, if I do this, I'm going to be a nymphomaniac, frigid, childless witch. I think, okay, she's a badass. Like, all right. So if, if the intent was to cause fear, I think it had the opposite effect. Interesting. I think for me that it does cause fear. Okay. I like to think it doesn't. And I intentionally every single day work on, you know, my ability to be confident in my intuition and like making decisions based on what I believe to be right. However, living in a world where man sets the tone or the story it's it can be really it brings me back to like some church trauma if I'm honest. It's a tough one. I mean, there's there's two sides to it and this was an interesting first baddie to discuss because of the religious context as well and our different backgrounds in that area. Yeah. And I think that's going to have us bringing, you know, slightly different energy and maybe approaches to the table about it. I do think it's interesting that we don't know the author of the very first time that Lilith was mentioned. And I like right. that you, you know, think about, okay, well, if it was a man, then why? It, is it about power? Is it, was he trying to scare somebody in particular? Was he just like daydreaming and it came to mind? Or was it a woman? I don't know. Women probably couldn't write at the time, but like, who knows if it was a witch, then like maybe. That's a good and point. <laughs> I think if if a woman did write that poem, then it would be a recognition of the fucked up patriarchal systems that would have existed at the time and kind of a like daydream or desire for this sense of equality that may have existed before what we know to be like time. Yeah. All right, Linz. Well, I know you've been dabbling in poetry lately. I would love to hear the poem you wrote in honor of episode one's topic, Lilith. Yeah. So I wrote this poem right before bed, which is when poems tend to come to me. And this is dedicated to Lilith. It's called No Role Model. Her glass ceiling, Adam's body, a net of flesh and blood designed for purpose not subservience, nor destined to be loved. Deem her feminine or evil, a mutt or hellish queen. Loss and grief haunt her nights and cloud each daydream. That's the poem. Chill. I I feel like for me, writing poetry about a muse is very therapeutic or healing in that I think with words we can find the good and for something that may be labeled bad or 
hard to digest. Yeah, it kind of helps me like comb through it. And so there it is. I love it. I advocate for a Lindsay original poem for every episode, but we'll have to see what comes to you in those in those midnight we'll hours before you go to bed. We shall see. So what do we have on tap for next episode? So next episode, we're going to be chatting about somebody you may have heard of, and that is Cleopatra, also obsessed with Egypt for some reason. So looking forward to being in that world. I'm, I'm stoked to talk about Cleopatra. I did a biography on her back in school and also think Egypt is fascinating. So excited to be into it. If your biography about her was anything like your slide deck on dolphins, I can't freaking wait. If you have enjoyed listening through this episode, we would love for you to rate the podcast and leave us a review. We are having so much fun with this project. And so by taking a couple of minutes to review, you are helping the algorithm to do its thing and get Rebels Agenda in front of more badasses who are just like you. And of course, if you've got any feedback, you know, positive or negative, we are all ears. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for tuning in to our first and inaugural episode of Rebels Agenda. Again, I'm Katrina and I'm here with Lindsay. We're your hosts and we'll see you next time.